0: Before we begin today's episode of Potterless, I have two very special announcements. First, I will be featured in someone else's podcast. The Seattle Files is a podcast by my friend Chris Allen, where he discusses Seattle local history with improv and stand-up comedians in the Seattle community. Tomorrow, an episode will drop where the two of us discuss the history of this guy who lived in the woods and fought people off. It literally sounds like an action movie, but it really happened in real life. It's fantastic and drops tomorrow. So just search The Seattle Files on any podcasting app and you'll find it. Secondly, we reached our goal on Patreon, which means shirts. So there's going to be two new tiers on Potterless's Patreon page. There will be a $2 tier where I send out stickers to people, and there will be a $10 tier where you get a shirt. So that will take a little bit of time for the stickers to get designed and come in, for the shirts to get designed and come in. But in the very near future, there will be new tiers on Potterless, where if you pledge to that, you'll get new stuff. So you can either update your pledge or start a new one if you aren't, or just not pledge. You don't have to give any money to this podcast, but if you want to, that's great. And I put all the money back into it for things like audio equipment and other editing software and stuff to make the podcast better. But yes, the plan is to have the $10 tier, get you a shirt. And then also once a month do like a live Q and a stream where throughout the month you can email in questions and stuff like that. And then I will answer all of them during a live stream. You can ask behind the scenes stuff or just random questions, whatever, or during the live stream you can ask any questions that you have so very excited about that so feel free to follow us on all the social media to see the what the shirts look like and when they're live and all kind of stuff like that but i'm just very excited to make progress there and of course thanks to our newest patreon supporters so first a special shout out by james kaneos who dedicates his shout out to his three-year anniversary with his girlfriend Lindsay Patel. happy anniversary to James and Lindsay. And a huge shout out to our newest producer level patrons. Emily Wiffen has upgraded to be a producer. Andreas Ozelby is back as a producer and Chandra Cruz is a new producer. So thank you guys all so much for making this podcast exist. And obviously continual thanks to our already existing producer level patrons, Leanne Davis, Griffin Meckelberg, Aaron Johnson, Erica and Calvin Bauer, Michael Vanderslice, and Sadie Baer. These humans are all fantastic and they never forget any of the words to their favorite songs when they're singing along. So without further ado, I will get into this episode of Potterless, starring Sydney Adams, covering the last and final chapters of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Welcome back, internet, to Potterless, the tale of a grown man. Reading a series of children's novels for the first time. My name is Mike Schubert. I am joined again by Sydney Adams, aka Sydney Rachel, aka prostitute, but not anymore. (laughs) That part of me is dead. (laughs) That's dead. It's just a black. Square <laughs> with a white V in the middle of it because it's not even green. That V is not even for virgin. Uh, i I think I've opened the Vine camera app one time. Yeah, I know too. This shit is dumb. I was like, maybe two sad. <laughs> so we're gonna discuss chapters thirty four through thirty seven, aka the last chapters of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Sydney, how are you feeling? About um,
1: it? great. I like that you're acting like we didn't just end the first half of this from yep. the other episode and then we just we immediately started recording. It, it is seconds.
0: currently six forty nine. We <laughs> stopped recording the other one at six forty seven. I like so, that it's like
1: a whole different thing. Like we came back on different things.
0: Hey, you know, nope. Still in my bathroom. <laughs> nope, still, still here. Still doing a thing. Still big. doing a <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. All right. But yeah, let's get right into it, chapter 34, priori incantatem. And I was like, oh shit, Latin. Something about to go down. I took Latin. Did you really? Yeah, I took three years of Latin in high school. Ugh. So good, super useful. I went to Latin conventions. It was dope. No, I did it because I- Because you're
1: insufferable? Well,
0: <laughs> that too. But I grew up in New Jersey and we had Spanish class once a week in middle school. Okay. And then I moved to Texas and that's like, AP Spanish because it's like actually useful to learn it there. Right. Uh, yeah. So when I was going into high school, I was like, I'm going to die if I try to take Spanish. So at that point, I was like, all right, my other options are Latin and French. I was like, France, I'll never live there. I lived right. there for six months before.
1: Right.
0: Uh, <laughs> and then I was like, might as well take Latin. That'll be the most useful. It like kind of helped with my English on the SATs a little. And that was it.
1: Yeah. I was like, you can just figure out big words that you're unsure of. And if, name if they were close to Latin,
0: yeah. <laughs> Yep. So, but. It was a good time.
1: It's better than us. Like in elementary school, our elementary school taught us Japanese.
0: Wait, that's kind of dope though.
1: I would like to remind everyone that I live... Less than an hour from the California-Mexico border, so we took Japanese because clearly that's the most useful. Yeah, but the, like, they made the whole elementary school do it, and I was like, "This is kind of cool, but yeah. also, when am I gonna use this?" Same thing. Been to Japan twice.
0: Hey. <laughs> so <laughs> let's get into it. So, priori in is Latin for "song from before," and I was oh, like, "Oh damn!" I, I was you figured like, that out. I had to look it up. But I knew priori meant from before, and I was like, in cantatum, don't know what it is. It's song.
1: Damn, I would have never even thought to look that up. I was like, this is some shit, JK. Really, <laughs> all of the English language.
0: I was lucky that the first time she did like a spell, it was very easy Latin, and then I was like, yeah. is everything Latin? And I had Julia Shafini on the podcast before, and she's like, yeah, like a bunch of Latin. I was like, yes, time to feast.
1: You're like, my. You're like, this is useful. So, now so it's okay. finally,
0: finally coming useful finally useful yeah like eight years after i learned it on Yum. this podcast <laughs> that is world renowned at this point i hope
1: hey man time's not real it's a construct so true it's ah, useful. so
0: true Okay. Anyway, anyway the book. so I, I wrote, this is Latin for song from before. I'm sure this will make more sense halfway through the chapter since that's when all of the titles are revealed. Like halfway right, through the yeah. chapter, they're like, this is what it means. And then three quarters of the way through, they're like, this is what that little drawing in the well, book is. Well, come on.
1: I would hate it if the chapter title was like Voldemort comes back and you're like, god damn it, you ruined
0: it. <laughs> yeah, that would be true.
1: Leave something to mystery,
0: Shoops. They do a good job of like not spoiling stuff in the chapter titles. But I will say when I read the book, I make sure that I never look at the table of contents. Because I don't want to know anything. I'm so opposed to spoilers. I don't want to see anything at all.
1: I used to be a little jerk. I would read the last page of the book. Wow. Nothing else, just the last page. No other context, just like whatever the last page was. And then I'd like try and guess everything throughout the book. Um,
0: Ah. Well, so far, the last pages haven't been that great.
1: I know, right? They're like, "Mm, Hermione figured it out.
0: Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Voldemort says that Harry has to bow before they duel. And right. Harry's, like, Harry's like, fuck that, I'm not bowing to you. And then Voldemort goes like, bow, and it forces him to bow. It's like, "Jeez, mm. Voldemort,
1: calm um, down. Harry wasn't being a gentleman.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. He wasn't gentleman. following
1: the dueling rules.
0: Yeah, obviously. So then he's like, all right, now face me like a man. And then he goes, and now... We duel and like does a surprise thing and like hits him with an attack as he says go. So like this whole thing is about fighting like like a a (laughs) man and honor and then he's like, sneak attack, bitch. It's like, fuck you, Voldemort, come on. Face
1: me like a man, you 13 year old boy.
0: (laughs) It's too true. It's way too true. (laughs) Yeah, and then he's like, fuck you. Anyway, <laughs> so He has little sneak attack. Uh, oh, I wrote in my notes, all caps, are you serious? You have to result to cheap shit. You are Satan. Give the kid a break. So right? the spells that he used was a Cruciatus curse again. Mm-hmm. And while he's doing it, then he stops. And then he's like, do you want me to stop, Harry? And then Harry doesn't say anything because he's a badass yeah, 13-year-old. He's like, I'm not gonna... I let you take glory in this shit. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so Voldemort hits him with Imperio. And, but Harry, as we've seen before, resists it because he's yeah. a boss. He's yeah, because like he's
1: like, mm, nope, can't
0: get me. Mm-mm. So Harry hides behind headstone, <laughs> like a headstone. Like a man. <laughs> like a pussy. Uh, like while, a man. <laughs> while, while Voldemort still talks smack. And then Harry's like, you know what? I'm not going to die like a coward. So he gets up and he tries to <laughs> use his like He's like, I'm going to die like a man. And so he uses Expelliarmus, Voldemort uses Avada Kedavra. And I'm like, shouldn't Avada Kedavra like be stronger? Shouldn't yeah. It shouldn't be like, nope. One kills people, one makes your wand fly away.
1: I Uh-oh, wonder which one is going to <laughs> But no. they're
0: equal apparently. So
1: Only because the, the wands the wand, have matching cores. Thank God. Both made from a phoenix feather.
0: Mm-hmm, the same one. And then you find out that feather is important. So the spells oh. meet in midair. <laughs> and it causes each of their wands to shake and vibrate. Harry and Voldemort get lifted off the ground and then move like multiple yards. I was super pissed, because this didn't happen in the movie. The movie's version of this duel blows. Because basically, I had seen the movie before reading this book. I'm the worst human. It was in my sister's continual desire to try to get me to read this books is that she'd be like come on watch the movies you'll like it and I didn't like the okay, first three and I loved plan. this one well it was at this point where I was like Megan I'm not reading these books and she like had to go to it gotta love my sister shout out to her and shout out to baby niece who is not even a year old and is one of my Patreon supporters oh it's up? so good Congrats I got, got boy, the little email that's like having
1: the financial funds to support your uncle yeah
0: I was like damn Meg like she's got a uh, you're like more a successful a, than he'll ever be. I was gonna say she's got like more allowance than we ever had growing up. And then my sister and I had like an hour long text message conversation, like talking about how my our mother would not give us allowance, but would like make us do chores in order to like be able to do stuff. It was yeah. great trip down memory lane. Yeah,
1: that's what we did too. Built character.
0: Yeah. So anyway, shout out to Meg. Shout out to
1: moms, shout out to your sister, shout out to your sister's baby. Anyway.
0: Basically, I had seen the movie. I remember this duel being like not that cool. So then yeah. after I read this, I was like reading it, I was like, this is the coolest shit ever. So then I Watching yeah, it on YouTube after I finish the book. It's so lame. It's so bad. It's like five seconds long. The ghost people that come out of the wand don't even look that cool. They're very quickly like there's no dramatic thing. They just get out and right away Harry's dad is like run. Run like a bitch. Get out of here. <laughs> like,
1: we They blew all their budget on the first three tasks yep. for the movie. And uh, then they're like oh but we have this really climactic fight with Voldemort. Here's $12. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was super upset about it. They didn't get lifted off the ground which I just really wanted to see the dynamics of how that worked. So mm-hmm. Voldemort yells at the Death Eaters. He's like do nothing unless I command you. Like, I want to do this. This is my fight. Uh, But you can tell that he is shocked at what is happening. Yeah. So Harry hears a Phoenix song, which at first you're like, what does this mean? Is revealed later. Uh, So Mm -hmm. then a voice tells him not to give up. And you don't know what that is, but you learn later. So Harry's... Yo, Harry's
1: schizophrenic.
0: (laughs) Harry's a crazy person. Harry's wand starts shaking like crazy. And the the bead, which is the point at which the two spells are meeting, Mm -hmm. is moving closer and closer to Harry. Uh Uh-oh. And it gets like just up to his wand and then Harry tries like super hard and it slowly pushes it back, slowly but surely, all the way until it hits Voldemort's wand, which is...
1: Yeah, through the power of concentration and
0: suggestion. So good. So what happens is that his wand starts like sparking and all this crazy stuff. And basically, first the ghost hand of Peter Pettigrew comes out and you're like, whoa, that's kind of weird. spooky. Then a grayish head and torso of Hedrick comes out and Cedric's like, hold on, Harry. And you're like, oh shit, it's about to be like everyone that got murdered. So then Frank comes out and Frank comes out and he's like, I guess he really was an evil wizard. It's like Frank, not the time to play. (laughs) You're
1: like, are you kidding me? You're just realizing this now.
0: (laughs) So then then Bertha comes out uh, and they all start like circling the duel and then James Mm -hmm. Potter emerges. Emerges, yeah, and then Lily also comes out. So You're like,
1: what? And at first, I was confused because it's like it's it gets explained that it's like uh, the ghosts that are coming out were the first to emerge for the most recent that he's killed, and so yeah, it makes sense. The ghost hand, and then uh, Peter or and then uh, Cedric Diggory, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Because but it's funny because only like five or six people come out, and I was like, wow, Voldemort hasn't really killed a lot of people. And then, I re- and then I remember that he's been, like, dead, half-dead for, like, 13 years.
0: <laughs> My similar thought to that was, like, why—how does the wand know to stop at the potters? Like, the wand is just like, oh, okay, they're his parents. We're not going to—like, I'm sure he's killed hundreds of other people before the <laughs> I potters. I know, like, for the most
1: powerful wizard ever, you haven't really killed
0: that many people. Like, ooh, career kill count only five? And then I was like, Man. oh,
1: no, but there was a ton before the potters. Yeah,
0: I just thought it was funny that it stopped at the thematic one that now. Yeah, they did. Well,
1: yeah, we don't need any more ghosts. (laughs) It'd be a ghost party if we had
0: that one Exactly so Lily goes over And tells him to get to the portkey Way better than in the movie where it's James Ugh come on Uh, So Cedric then is like hey by the way Can you bring my body back to my parents
1: (laughs) Hey I know you're kind of busy right now I know you're you're kind of busy not dying You kind of got me killed. Can you do this one thing for me?
0: I know I'm much larger than you, but can you bring my body back to my parents? I
1: know I'm an 18 year old man, but
0: (laughs) you, they just want some closure. So Harry then pulls his wand away, the spirits close upon Voldemort so that he, like, can't see what's going on. Harry runs away, dodges some stun spells of the Death Eaters that are thrown his way, grabs mm-hmm. Cedric's body. With, like, a
1: broken leg, mind you. Oh,
0: feats of strength. Grabs the body, can't get to the portkey, so he ackios it to him, snags it, mm-hmm. and gets out of there just before Voldemort <laughs> murks him, and it's chapter... 35, hey! Veritaserum. Oh, so, this is a
1: crazy chapter.
0: So many things happen, and in the movie, sucked know. You know, so bad. He
1: did a lot of really great things, though. Yeah, like... They Cass did a lot Cass of things problems. really well, so it's like... <laughs> like they, yeah, they're, doing, they're doing... Anyway, they're
0: right. doing fun. Moving on. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Harry lands back, confused, and he's still shook about what went down. Yeah. Dumbledore's crouched over him, Fudge is also there, and everyone starts flipping out that Cedric is dead. Yeah. Fudge grabs him out of the crowd... But then when Harry is like fading in and out of consciousness, when he starts getting up the stairs, he realizes that Moody is taking him up the stairs. And at this point, I finally realized it's not Ludo Bagman. Not that it not isn't necessarily Ludo Bagman, but at this point I thought and you'll learn later that I was wrong. It was Fudge bringing him away but then it turns into Moody. I was like is it someone using polyjuice potion oh, to well, disguise themselves that. as Fudge? Well yeah, but I guess it but I was wrong because Oh
1: okay, so you have guessed.
0: Fudge it. actually is there and then he like passes out and then Moody actually does bring him back separately but I thought it was mm-hmm. someone disguised as Fudge brings him away and then it's Moody. So I was right, but for the wrong reasons. It's kind of like if you like do a math problem on a test and like you'd fuck it up, but you still get the right integral. And at the end of the day, it's like, well, I hope the teacher doesn't look at my work too well because yeah, uh, I right, did it wrong.
1: Right, right has the right, right integral.
0: <laughs> it <laughs> you know,
1: happens all ma- the time.
0: Uh, math yeah. stuff. Yeah. That's the only thing I could think of where I had to like show my work. Anyway. We
1: well, get it, you're smart.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the worst. So all, all caps, I was like, wait, no. Is this polyjuice bullshit? Is it moody? Is it fudge? What the fuck is happening? So moody gives Harry something to drink that makes him feel better. And then Moody starts asking about the details and he's way too specific. He's like, how did he treat the death eaters? Did he forgive them? Was he nice to them? Which is super yeah, and you're suspect. Like, um,
1: I never said that I was back in Voldemort.
0: <laughs> so Harry then blurts out that there is a death eater here at Hogwarts that facilitated all of this.
1: And Moody's like, that's crazy. He's
0: like, yeah. But he's like, he's like, I know who the death eater is. And Harry's like, Oh, is it Karkarov? And then Moody's like, uh, Karkarov fled once the tattoo got dark. So, yeah. Yeah. So that means I was correct in my guess of him being the scaredy cat one.
1: Point one shoes.
0: Right. And then Moody admits that he put Harry's name in the goblet. And Harry's like, no. And then Moody's like, yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> the way you said that, it sounded like a guitar solo it should be a guitar
1: He's like, yes. Yeah!
0: <laughs> uh, Moody draws his wand on Harry. And Moody's like, I summoned the dark market the World Cup. Oh, my. And he's like, I hate Death Eaters that are free because that means they turned their back on Voldemort. Mm-hmm. He hates the people that like didn't get arrested. What does this mean? I yeah. still didn't guess who it was. Moody reveals that he kept people who hated Harry away, had Hagrid show Harry the dragons, mm-hmm. taught him how to beat the dragons mm-hmm. and all this other stuff, told Cedric about the egg thing so that Cedric would then tell Harry. Says that yeah, I like even- that he also
1: calls out like how nice Cedric is. He's like... Cedric's a really nice moron. Of course, he was going to share
0: that <laughs> in with you. It's so true. And then he's like, he even, the, the magic plant book, first off, I like that the magic plant book is a plant. Yeah, right. There it, uh, Plants. So he planted the magic plant book in Neville so that Neville would tell him about Gillyweed, but then Neville didn't do it, so he had to do the whole Dobby thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So he orchestrated it all with Dobby to make that go down. Moody stunned Fleur at the... Maze. He was one of the four teachers that's supposed to protect people. Mm-hmm. No. Nope. So that,
1: so that that creepy, that creepy dude was just inside the maze, like. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yep, just chilling there. Shouldn't you be on the perimeter? Nope. I'm inside. Oh, so okay. He did the thing to Fleur and then imperioed Crumb to make him do Crucio. So I'm very, I'm very glad that like, Crum is not a bad guy. i like, like, still an okay dude. That's okay. Harry is flabbergasted. As am I. I'm freaking out while I'm reading. That was a this good chapter. twist. I am, fr- I did not see this coming at all. I'm freaking out, especially because I think it's like actually Moody. I'm like, how is Moody a bad guy? Why would he be a bad guy? Like, this <laughs> doesn't make sense. Like, it does make sense that it's Moody. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Then Moody says, basically, oh, if I kill you, Voldemort's going to love me so much and he's going to make me so strong. Like, I got to kill you. He admits that he, like Voldemort, has the same name of his father and killed his father. And I was like, oh no, because I'm starting to put it together. Ah! I was like, oh, crouch, motherfucking bullshit. So Is Harry then says, "You're mad," and I was like, "Uh, yeah, he's mad eye Moody." Boo! <laughs> Boo! Uh, Moody <laughs> Moody is about to just murder Harry, but then mm-hmm. Harry uses Stupefy, which opens the door because he heard people coming behind. Yeah, he's so like, "Dumbledore, save me. Mm-hmm. Dumbledore, McGonagall, and Snape are there." Dumbledore has like a cold fury in his face when he sees Moody. Mm-hmm. He is, You're like, "This isn't uh, this isn't normal Dumbledore." Normal. Dumbledore. This is Dumbledore Not,
1: turned up to 11.
0: Oh, yes. So McGonagall wants to take Harry to the hospital wing. And Dumbledore's like, no, Harry needs to understand what's going on. <laughs> Still super pissed. And Harry is very confused because he's never seen Dumbledore like this. Yeah. Dumbledore says that this isn't Moody. And he tells Snape to get the strongest truth serum that he possesses and to grab Winky as well. Dumbledore then tells McGonagall to bring the boarhound. And Dumbledore does some crazy ass lock shit to open up a trunk that's in Moody's office. Seven keys, seven trunks. Mm-hmm. So when he opens it, you see the real Moody inside, with a bunch of his hair missing, as well as his peg leg is missing. That's some
1: crazy. That was a crazy reveal.
0: Absolutely ridiculous. And then Snape empties the hip flask that "quote unquote" Moody had to show that it's polyjuice potion. So I was like, oh shit, I was right. But kind of
1: in a different way, but I, but I did it. But um, still got the right answer. (laughs) Right answer. Wrong word.
0: (laughs) So the hair that is missing has got to be to keep making the potion. Mm -hmm. The potion eventually wears off and it's revealed that the imposter is someone that Harry has seen before in the pensive. And I was like, Oh shit, it is Crouch's kid. And Mm -hmm. then Barty, And then Winky comes in and confirms that it's the kid. But before she does it, she keeps calling him like master crouch. And I was like, if it's Barty crouch senior, Mm-hmm. I would be so mad because he was the most obvious red herring the whole right, book. Right, right. For like five seconds, I was livid. With You're JK. Like, no. It's like, no. And then you reveal that it's Barty Crouch Jr., which is infinitely better. Very cute. I don't think they said that his name was also Barty. No. So it totally threw me for a loop. Yeah. And it was nice. But I was still like, kind of mad at JK. I was like, ah, oh, that's so crafty, but also, grr, how dare you? Girl. <laughs> like, come on. Why you got to do that?
1: Why you got to be like this? Oh,
0: uh, yeah. So Wiki confirms it's a kid. And then I wrote in parentheses. I am barely a genius, because uh, I like got it right literally two barely months before she said it. <laughs> so Snape comes back with the serum, which is the same one that he threatened Harry with. Serum. Mm-hmm. So he pours it in the mouth of Barty, and Dumbledore then starts just grilling him. The kid reveals that his mother's dying wish was to swap places with the kid via Polyjuice Potion, facilitated by Crouch senior,
1: yeah, because he was an ass command, so she was like, I'm gonna take his place, and I was like, mm, I can't decide if you're the best mom or the worst mom, uh, the worst
0: mom, since your son is evil. So, yeah, Crouch she- then had uh, <laughs> so moral they, dilemma, anyway. So, yeah, they, they do the switch thing where basically they like come to visit him. They, they switch places or whatever she keeps taking polyjuice potions so she looks like him he keeps taking it so he looks like her
1: my question was like bear with me high security mm. wizard prison the highest yeah. security wizard prison mm. where everyone's watching you making sure you're not up to any crafty shit there's dementors everywhere how are you making polyjuice potion for right. like 15 years a year oh just kidding well,
0: no, <laughs> a she, year the, uh, the kid lasted a total of one yeah. year in. because the
1: they prison. say later you have to take it every hour on the hour so yeah. I mean I know like in prisons they make like toilet wine and toilet alcohol Oh, was she just making like toilet polyjuice broken?
0: like <laughs> I don't know either that or she had a really big flask that she didn't ever have to make it again
1: yeah but I was like why would they let her have her own personal like I don't know I'm just skeptical no this is um, the same
0: prison where Sirius Black the most notorious criminal in the world mm-hmm. quote unquote killed 13 people they didn't check to see if he was an animagus at all no. And then they just leave him in a room with bars spaced far enough apart where a dog can sneak out of it.
1: Which technically means a Which human like a person. human
0: could have too. Listen,
1: this prison needs a reform. This is the
0: worst run prison ever. I'm so stoked for it to get broken in book six is what I'm guessing is that everyone's getting the fuck out and it's going to be some shit. But good, because yeah, it's a poorly run institution.
1: Honestly, they deserve to break out if it's that
0: Everything easy. is bad. Everything is so poorly run. The ministry is shit. Hogwarts is shit.
1: Government <laughs> reform.
0: Ugh. <laughs> uh, God crouch basically had winky nurse crouch junior back to health and then hit him with an invisibility cloak all the time used imperio to try to keep him from not being evil Mm -hmm. this makes sense about why crouch senior was so adamant against people interrogating winky at the world cup that's why he was like no 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 because then and also
1: you can just be like she's a house elf ignore her
0: Mm -hmm. yep so then he says that Bertha Jorkins found out by visiting the Crouch home once for a signature. Mm-hmm. So Crouch had to hit her with like an intense memory charm, which already fucked up her brain. So that's why they send her away, which is yeah. why they covered up her disappearance and didn't really look into it. Because it was a house
1: elf, So everyone was like, we don't care. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and Winky, well, also it's just like he wanted to make sure no one found her and right. then figured out what was actually going down. Right. So Winky talked Crouch into letting his kid go to the World Cup because that's like the only thing. That he loved. Mm-hmm. So th- that explains the empty seat at the game, as it was the kids sitting in the seat with,
1: an invisibility
0: with cloak. the invisibility cloak. Also,
1: oh, how many invisibility cloaks are out there? So
0: like, far, two. So far, two. And uh, I don't know where you get them or you how think? you get them. It was I uh, yeah uh wizard amazon. Dot, uh, wizard amazon. Dot whiz. <laughs> amazon. Dot whiz. um while in the box he broke through the imperious curse of Papa crouch stole mm-hmm. Harry Potter's wand out of the back of his pocket and when the death eaters started acting a fool on their own volition he summoned the dark mark that's why it's on Harry's wand mm-hmm. et, cetera, et cetera. Papa crouch retrieved the stunned kid because when they did those spells into the forest they hit him so he stayed in the forest when the end yeah. brought out winkley so He was
1: like oh shoot I'm out and then they they like, nope. And then he was like had to find his son that was covered in an invisibility cloak. In
0: the forest. Like, so he just kicking, kicking everywhere.
1: <laughs>
0: so he's doing
1: the stingray shuffle, but in the forest. The
0: stingray shuffle. If shovel. you're from
1: <laughs> If you're from coastal towns they teach you this thing <laughs> oh that's like how you
0: check if stingrays are on the <laughs> yeah floor yeah. Of the ocean? yeah that's like a
1: it's like a coastal town thing like if you if you live on the beach like the lifeguards teach you when you're like a really little kid to do the stingray shuffle so you just shuffle your feet in the sand when you're walking into the ocean and that way they like it like wakes up all the stingrays and you don't get stung and that way you don't accidentally like step on a stingray and then get a barb through your foot so
0: <laughs> yeah i thought this was just the lame version of the cupid shuffle which is already the lame oh. stinger <laughs> Hey, um, uh, pardon me, advice to anyone. If you want to ruin a wedding, play the Cupid Shuffle. <laughs>
1: uh, I think like to never, I work in the wedding industry. Whoa, wait, and but why white people why, love wait, that?
0: Uh, well, uh, I mean, why not play the cha-cha side is better? Cause at least that guy's voice is fun. But also like, why don't you just play the wobble? So it like get some real shit. Do you think
1: they played this at the Yule Ball?
0: Oh man, maybe the wobble. I, oh, the if wall. they played the wobble, the wait, did you just say the wobble and then the wop? Yeah. Cause that's the, Oh, have we, I don't know if we've ever discussed this, but that's like the one-two punch I would do in college anytime you need to get a party. (laughs) It's like, oh, people aren't dancing. It's like, play the wobble and then the wop. Your party is saved. It worked every time. Or you were too drunk to notice that
1: everyone was like, God, you invited Uh, the wobble and the wop. I didn't drink until I turned 21. You were the only one dancing the wobble and the wop, and you were like, this party rules.
0: (laughs) I didn't start drinking until I was 21. So I did made this call sober a ton and had a lot of proof so that if (laughs) I ever did make this call drunk, I knew that it probably worked, even if I didn't remember. All
1: right, whatever you say,
0: Shool. It's such a good one two punch. What is better than the wobble (laughs) and the wop? the Cupid shuffle. No, it is it's not. It's so bad. All you do is step to the left and then to the right and kick and cha cha by yourself.
1: Yeah, it's how I do my cardio. <laughs> I just do the Cupid shuffle to myself in my bathroom.
0: <laughs> I'm imagining, like, with the little jazzer sized dumbbells that don't weigh anything.
1: <laughs> Ankle weights, oh, too. True, true,
0: true, true. <laughs> oh, man. So then uh, Little Crouch says that Voldemort and Wormtail broke him free from. Other Crouch. Voldemort tortured Bertha Jorkins until he broke through the memory charm. So he found out about Moody and the Triwizard tournament, Crouch's kid, and all the stuff from that. So then mm-hmm. Voldemort kind of made his plan based off that. He used the Imperious Kirch on older Crouch to release his son, and then all the shit starts going. Down. Yeah. So that's why that whole moody thing of the whole trash bin situation—that was Wormtail mm-hmm. and Crouch's kid breaking in and kidnapping like, him for Polyjuice stuff, um, and then talking down Arthur Weasley and hitting him with a charm when he came to investigate. So then they locked Moody in his own trunk, kept him alive with Imperius Curse, used the hair for Polyjuice Potion, and studied his backstory. that sinister. Super sinister. Like, studied Moody's backstory so that he could act like him and know how he would act towards each individual person, like who to hate, who to like. Yeah. You gotta respect how much work Barty Crouch Jr. put into this. Do I? I? I mean, it's, I mean... It's super evil, but so thorough. Mm.
1: That's like the most sinister thing in the book I've heard so far. Like, yeah, Voldemort killed a ton of people and like maybe possessed an animal or two, but they kidnapped a man. They kidnapped a man and then kept stole a, his barely identity. Kept a, barely, barely kept, a, barely barely kept, kept him, him alive. Barely kept him alive. And like
0: studied Stole it. his hair. Uh, oh, and only from one side, like didn't even like do it nicely. I mean, come, on,
1: come on, give him just a nice haircut.
0: Right. Give, yeah, give him a buzz cut at one time, put all his hair in a big bucket, and then just take out little pieces every now and then, right? like what?
1: Just a bucket of hair? Mm, no, no,
0: no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so then also, he stole the stuff from Snape's office and since he's Barney Jr., that's why on the map, it looked like it was Barty Crouch Sr. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't the map know, like, shouldn't the map say Barty Crouch Jr. on it?
1: Right. Right. That's something you have to put on every government form when you're signing up. It says, like, do you have a prefix or a suffix? And you're like, I am Barney Crouch Jr., mm-hmm. thank you. And then, like, that should be on an official Wizard right. document, like the secret Marauders reference. Exactly.
0: And then in addition to that aspect of the map, that explains why Moody, quote unquote, was there to bail harry out of the situation when snape caught him crazy that if snape had just caught him normally it actually would have helped <laughs> like because then because then moody wouldn't have gotten the map yeah. to help him get his dad yeah, right harry giving him the map was actually monumental you know, super not everything super works out name. so the crouch illness thing was all a bunch of bullshit he started to break free of the curse slowly the imperious curse so that's when he fled to hogwarts and was freaking out but then Moody used the Marauder, Moody, quote unquote, Crouch Jr. used the Marauder's map to know where he was and then set up the whole thing to like get the people to run away and then basically knocked out Crumb, took his dad mm. away and then fucking murders his father.
1: Yeah. That's illogical. Kills his dad mindset. and then
0: turns him into a giant bone.
1: And buries
0: it. Oh, it's so bad. You know,
1: I mean, he's still giving him a proper burial technically.
0: Kills his dad. I wrote what the fuck Ooh. like 300 times in my notes. Um, and then he says, Voldemort will reward him far beyond anyone's wildest dreams. And that is the end of chapter 35. So chapter 36, the parting of the Wave. <laughs> <laughs> so Dumbledore uses uh, the rope spell. I, I'm really enjoying those same ropes. one
1: twice in one book loving it mm-hmm.
0: so he uses the rope spell to tie up Barty Crouch Jr so Dumbledore basically is like Harry come with me to my office Sirius is there Harry asks where are the diggeries and Dumbledore is like don't worry they're with Sprout who is the head of Hufflepuff mm-hmm. and I think that's the first time they mention who the head of Hufflepuff house is
1: um uh, pr- possibly
0: yeah. And of course, it would be like the lamest professor, like the plant teacher whose last name is about plants, and we don't know anything about her. Listen,
1: Polly Sprout, I, she's
0: great. I just like the fanfic where uh, her and Professor Hooch are a lesbian couple. I think that's great. Stop.
1: Is that a, is that a fanfic? I think it is. I'm about it. I'm about
0: it. I had on episode two with Charlotte. She mentioned that, and I was like, "This is so good." <laughs> Hooch and Sprout, such a great like couple name.
1: Hooch and Sprout, Sprout and Hooch. Sprooch.
0: <laughs> Spruge
1: dude Spruge is their celebrity couple uh, way
0: better than Ben. doesn't
1: appear that any of these professors are like married they've kind of just devoted their the lives magic. to teaching like bratty children a poorly how to like, run like, school. navigate their own abilities <laughs> In a very poorly run school oh so, yeah I wonder what the dating scene's like for older oh wizards oh my god
0: I would love because clearly
1: like they got married they abide to those weird like societal rules mm-hmm. like james and lily potter were married yeah. and stuff like that but none of the none of the professors are, uh, are hitched.
0: i want to know more
1: i want to know
0: more oh man write more books jk
1: has jk Rowling heard your podcast or does she uh that?
0: not yet and whenever she does she's gonna be so mad at me
1: <laughs> we should we should tag her and everything
0: i i try i've tagged her on twitter in a couple stuff
1: Cause she loves that girl. Loves Twitter. She does.
0: She loves sassing people on Twitter. So maybe we'll she's connect got on that fingers. level. Yeah. fingers. Yeah. I. She does. My like magical dream world scenario is that somehow this gets to her, and then she's. I'm sure it uh, will. She's
1: got assistants and stuff who like look for stuff like that. I'm it sure.
0: It was so good. It was so good. I love it. Actually,
1: that. I don't know. She's pretty normal. She she didn't she like lose her spot on the Forbes list of most rich people because she donated so much of her money. Oh wow. That's a dope I think leader, that was isn't? like a. I think I think that was a story that is actually true. That's So cool. Prop to JK. Like so, I don't know if she's got all them like fancy assistants, but yeah, probably maybe has some. An so uh,
0: anyway, uh, they go to the Dumbledore's office. Dumbledore tells Sirius what happens or what had happened, and all the mm-hmm. moody stuff. Fox flies in then. Dumbledore asks Harry what happened uh, at the creepy place where he got teleported. He's like, to. yo, I
1: know you just went through this really traumatic thing, but let's talk about it at length. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And basically Sirius and Harry are like, "Oh, uh, can I rest right now? And then Dumbledore is like, look, if I, if you chill out and get over it, and then I ask you about it again, it's going to be way worse. So you might as well just like mm-hmm. tell me everything while it's fresh in your brain and shit sucks. So you don't have to relive it again. And then, and then he's like, all right, true. Makes sense. True. True. So he starts describing the fight and Sirius asks, why would the wands connect on the spells, and Dumbledore says, (laughs)
1: Question
0: series. <laughs> <laughs> Double says priori and cantatum. And my personal is of like, course. well, that was that was much longer than half of a chapter. <laughs> Usually the titles are revealed halfway through. Yeah. It is apparently the reverse spell effect. So song from before, spell from before, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. So that happens because Harry's Wand and Voldemort's wand have the same core, the feather of a Phoenix. Hence why Phoenix music was playing while the attack was going down. And then you learn not only is it just just a phoenix. It's Fox, which is y'all ridiculous. Isn't
1: fox just a series of like different birds, or is he is he reborn as fox every time? Oh, I guess
0: he's. I I would assume he's reborn as fox every time. Yeah,
1: you're right. You're true. Okay, phoenixes. Yeah, true. (laughs) So
0: when these ones face off, they won't work properly against one another. But if the holders force them to duel, one will make the other regurgitate the spells that has performed in reverse, explaining what happened. Uh We've made fun of how it stopped at the Potters, right? But why does it only show the people that he? killed.
1: Why doesn't it show the people that he like? Cruciode or Imperioed or like did, yeah, yeah. did
0: an embarrassing thing like, I don't know, shave my pubes spell or like something. Like,
1: okay, <laughs> let's okay.
0: That's gotta be a spell, but- right? Come on, it's heavy as
1: hell. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. because then we'd have more superfluous characters like Ludo. Oh,
0: no, no, Ludo. <laughs> she
1: just have to keep naming people who came out of the wall, Ludo. and she's like, "God damn it, I can't think of another name." That's why this one's called Ludo Baggy. <laughs> no,
0: I'm so sad. I thought it was him.
1: Uh, I had another theory about Fox.
0: Yeah, what's up?
1: So essentially, he's getting reborn each time. Mm-hmm. So if he doesn't like his shitty life, he can just restart it <laughs> at the beginning. But does he remember? Does he remember that he's Fox? Is it some weird thing where you can't remember your, like, previous oh, lives wow. if you're reincarnated? And all I'm picture is just a death and li- and life circle to mad world. <laughs> it's like, he just keeps being disappointed, so he keeps lighting himself on fire and keeps getting like reborn. Oh. And it's like, all around him, familiar faces.
0: <laughs> Oh my god. I didn't think I wanted a Fox spin-off movie, but now I do so badly. We need it We <laughs> need
1: it. Oh man. Anyway Fox
0: speaking <laughs> of uh then cries on Harry's wound. What a bro mm, to heal it. You
1: know, men can cry and heal you. woof.
0: <laughs> Harry he heads to the hospital wing the squad and the other Weasels are there Dumbledore's like hey Don't question him unless he wants to say stuff Like let him rest and he yeah. Says that they're all welcome to stay overnight and I was like Are you sure about that Dumbledore because Madame Bonfrey kicks Everybody else the fuck out when they try to stay Overnight yeah like, she's
1: like I don't know what you, sh- you Thought but <laughs> this is
0: my hospital wing you Get to hell <laughs> No. Like you know. Harry then just falls asleep out of exhaustion. He wakes and he overhears McGonagall and Fudge kind of arguing before they enter the hospital wing. Mm-hmm. Turns out that the argument is centered around Fudge bringing in a Dementor while he interrogated Barty Jr. And the Dementor did the Dementor kiss and now you can't know all of the finer details. You killed the key witness, idiot. And then Fudge is like, but we know everything. And then Dumbledore's like, yeah, but, like, like, but what about, about some more details, you dumb simpleton? He's like, oops, I'm sorry. I'm the worst person. Dumbledore suggests removing the Dementors and reaching out to the Giants to apologize, which is super smart based on what Voldemort said that their entire plan is to A, get those two groups of people back on their side. And Fudge is like, no, we could never do that. It's like, ugh.
1: And you're like,
0: ugh. You're so dumb. You're like, so why dumb. why must you
1: be? unsufferable
0: so Dumbledore's then, you know what? Fine. You do what you see fit. I'm going to do what I see fit.
1: You're like, okay, minister.
0: <laughs> and this is why the chapter's called The Parting of the Ways. Snape then shows his dark mark tattoo to Fudge to prove it. And Fudge still doesn't believe it. Like, Fudge refused to believe Voldemort's back. He's like, he can't be back. There's no way he's back. He's like, no,
1: this undeniable, this undeniable proof that he's back that was tattooed under your arm. <laughs> it's gotta be fake. Yeah,
0: so Fudge is just awful and says that he's determined to keep everything under wraps and he leaves. And when he does it, he drops off Harry's winnings, which is a thousand gold galleons, which the (laughs) internet tells me is Uh, (laughs) $7,354. Oh, is
1: that the conversion rate? Yep. Oh God.
0: And then Harry's like, I don't want that shit. It should be Cedric's. And he feels super guilty because he's like, I told Cedric to grab the cup. Like really, I could have just grabbed it. And then there's no Cedric death blah, 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 um, And Mrs. Weasley's being very motherly during this whole thing, putting him at ease, telling him it's not his fault. Super awesome. Gross? Super awesome chapter for Molly.
1: See, now she's going to move up in your
0: favorites I list. I mean, she's getting up there. Hey, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors who make this show possible. box right oh, there. Wow. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash arena t- wow. potterless that's for 10% off t-n-o. your first wow. purchase. That's a so if you'll collect some cards before you open some back. packs or in a more right transparent anyways, way, whether you're a sports nerd or a Pokemon for nerd or all your sorts your of nerds purchase. like me, you can use Arena Club today. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or
1: play on PC through Facebook Games.
0: And that's the end of Chapter 36. And now we get into Chapter 37, which is called The Beginning even though it's the last chapter of the
1: then. book. Oh, what? Valley, I see what you did there. You're trying to subvert my expectations, but guess what? I know that there's more books.
0: <laughs> True. You can't fool me. I'm an adult. <laughs> I'm a 25-year-old adult that didn't start reading these books until last year.
1: <laughs> I'm 23. I read them when I was 11, but whatever. whatever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it's one month later, and Harry has met with the Diggeries, and they're like kind of at peace at this point. They also refuse the gold. They're like, no, we don't want that either, which makes sense because wouldn't it be like super weird if every time they think about how they made a couple extra thousand bucks, they're like, oh, right, because our son died. Yeah. So smart move on them to not take it.
1: Money can't buy your dead son
0: back. Oh, too real. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> that's going to be the next Potterless t-shirt. Money can't get you your dead son <laughs>
1: back. That's so awful. You know, that's a fictional character.
0: <laughs> Dumbledore tells the students, yo, don't bother Harry. Like, please just leave him be. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Weasley asked dumbledore apparently to let harry potter go straight to their house this summer yeah
1: because he's like how about you don't go home to your abusive family
0: yeah but dumbledore says like he's got to stop by the dursleys first but he doesn't say why classic dumbledore A Classic Dumbledore. there's for good reason but we just don't know why so squad squad meetups with hagrid he kind of puts harry at ease just kind of talks him down says you know how awesome it was what he did and he did the best he could and you know, it's so impressive, all the stuff you did, blah, blah, blah. And it starts mm-hmm. to make Harry feel better, which is great. Mm-hmm. Hagrid has been given a secret job by Dumbledore, and Madame Maxime is to join him, because now they're on good terms. They're like a couple. It's super cute. couple of giants. Oh, zing. <laughs> zing. So Harry's like, oh, does it have to do with Voldemort? And then Hagrid, like, tries to hide it at first, and then he's like, yeah, because Hagrid has no poker face. he's
1: like, well, Voldemort, who? Voldemort, who is who that? I don't know what to
0: start with that. Way. <laughs> Bish way? Away? So, oh, so then at the leaving feast, which I think is the first time is that they called it the leaving feast, Harry wonders what Dumbledore had Snape do that night that Voldemort returned when he sent him away. Mm-hmm. The whole place is set up with black curtains in respect for Cedric, so basically like a semi-funeral type deal. Because normally it's a
1: big gloat fest for whoever won the house cup. But.
0: Exactly, and they would be normal. Like normal circumstances would be like praising the crap out of Cedric and Harry and Hufflepuff. Yeah, Gryffindor and Hufflepuff, and Hufflepuff would finally have something to cheer about if for the first
1: time in centuries.
0: <laughs> but no, Cedric had to die, tainting the only good thing that's happened to them in in millennia.
1: So they want a, a regular season Quidditch
0: act. <laughs> Yeah, that's like up. Oh, well. That's still the best thing that ever happened to us we won a regular season game against harry like you know what we did
1: our, we did our you know best what? Guys. we're
0: good seekers and we're loyal and our dorm is close to <laughs> the food court so it's all good what's up uh, other. <laughs> other other I feel so bad for them yeah. shout out to Hufflepuffs. shout out shout out to all
1: the house listening. Uh, what's up <laughs>
0: dumbledore starts to give like a pseudo eulogy thing about cedric and he says, this is another thing where he shits on Hufflepuff. He, quote, he exhibited the true spirit of Hufflepuff by being a good and loyal friend, a hard worker, and a valuer of fair play. So. so
1: I know. I was uh, like, that's nuts. Not-
0: <laughs> they're nice friends. They work hard and they listen to rules. Hufflepuff. And they out. play
1: by the rules. <laughs> like, oh,
0: so disappointing. Oh, my God. JK's so mean to the people that she created.
1: I know, right?
0: <laughs> So then Dumbledore tells them the truth about what happened. He's like, out of respect. And so you guys know what's going on. I'm going to tell you what's happening. And he admits, he's like, the ministry doesn't want me to do this. Some of your parents are not going to want me to do this. But I personally believe that truth is always better than lies. As we've Mm -hmm. said before, like always be honest with everyone. Otherwise, that's how you birth Voldemort. So just be honest with everyone. So he tells him exactly what happened. And everyone is, like, super shocked. Of course, except for Crab Goyle and Malfoy. Yeah, because they're
1: like, oh, what? We didn't know crazy.
0: Dumbledore gives a toast to Cedric, raises a glass, and everyone, like, mumbles Cedric in solidarity. Mm -hmm. And then he also does one for Harry for, you know, being a boss, fighting Voldemort, getting out of there alive, bringing Cedric's body back, all this other stuff. And then everyone else who usually like roughly half the school hates Harry. Yeah, no. Everyone is like, to Harry, uh, except for Crabbe and Malfoy. Right, right, because Slytherin. It's them and then a bunch of the Slytherins, and it's like, can you guys- Would it kill you? To yeah, like, would it kill you just to like half-ass do it and just be appreciative of what Harry did and, like, feel bad for... It's, like, so insensitive that some of these Slytherins have such a gripe with Harry that they're like, no, fuck you, Harry. Well, it's, like, it's just
1: all Malfoy's fault. Mm -hmm. Malfoy, like, runs that as a little... as, like, a punk, Uh, like...
0: pseudo. I don't know, are they third years
1: at this point or Uh, fourth years? fourth years. Like, they're just a punk fourth year. Yeah. Like, it's just commandeered the house. So much
0: pull because his dad is rich. It's like, ugh, get over it. (laughs) We get it. So he calls, basically, for all the wizards to be united, mentioning... Uh, About like Durmstrang, Bobaton, everyone should kind of like get together because we need Mm -hmm. to unite against Voldemort and then he gives a great quote where he says many of your families have been torn asunder, which I just think torn asunder is a great phrase that should come back. (laughs) I need to make sure I'm fully aware of what its definition means before I start using it. But Mm-hmm. Tornus under sounds dope. It's,
1: it's a good one. Yeah, point. so at-
0: <laughs> Very Dumbledore. <laughs> very Dumbledore. So they're, they're starting to leave. They're all going like back. It's the end of the year. Fleur comes up and gives like a very sweet goodbye in her broken French. She says she's going to get a, try to get a job in England so that she can learn English. Super cute of Fleur.
1: Super cute.
0: So nice of her. Crumb also comes back, you know, talks to her for a little bit, takes Hermione aside to talk to her, and Ron gets like really jealous. She's like,
1: that's my girlfriend, but not yet. <laughs>
0: And then he comes back, and then it says that Ron quote asked finally asked for Crumb's autograph after a deep internal struggle.
1: Also, how creepy is Crumb? How old's Hermione? He, she's thirteen. Yeah, he's
0: eighteen. How old's Crumb?
1: Is he eighteen? Mm-hmm. That's illegal. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Super weird. That's illegal. Though. <laughs> he is yeah, that's yeah, that's weird.
1: I didn't want to say but that's illegal.
0: though. Yeah. Not ooh ooh mm, Fun stuff mm, in Harry thing Potter. About. Harry, well, Harry Potter and the <laughs> Oh, this is going to be bad. But Harry Potter and the, the Statutory, statutory. Uh, <laughs> Oh, no.
1: That would be Victor Crumb and the Statutory Victor, race Yeah, race.
0: Victor Crumb and the You Shouldn't Be Doing. That's his spinoff book. <laughs> so let's see. On the train ride home, Hermione pulls out a daily profit, which doesn't even mention Cedric's death or Harry or all this other stuff. All it mentions is that Harry won the Triwizard Tournament because the Ministry's on full hush-hush mode, which is super dumb. Political cover-ups, mm-hmm. yeah. There super messed goes. up. Hermione then reveals that Rita Skeeter won't be writing any more pieces because she has dirt on Skeeter. And Harry and Ron are like, what? So Hermione finally reveals that she found out that Skeeter is an unregistered animagus who can turn what? into a beetle. So Harry and Ron suggesting that A, it's bugging, and then B, Harry thinking that bugging literally meant bugs. He was right. Three,
1: and her last name is Skeeter. That's a mosquito mm-hmm. bug. Boom. Anyway. Boom.
0: Boom, 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 boom. And then
1: Hermione, like, digs her out of her purse and is like, here, I have this mason jar with this woman who I trapped. <laughs> and guess what? I also put a spell on this mason jar so she can't um turn into a human inside this <laughs> mason jar. So Hermione kidnaps someone is, is uh, essentially uh, what happened. But
0: in Hermione's and- <laughs> defense, she put a twig and a couple leaves in there. Yeah,
1: right. Made it nice and cozy for her. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, but like me stumbling to the right answer of polyjuice potion, Harry stumbled upon the answer of bugging being the answer, which... I have so there much to come with. Lots Empire. of glue.
1: Lots of subtle clues <laughs> in this
0: one. So Hermione, like you said, has her trapped in a jar with the spell on it that she can't break free and basically said to Skeeter, like you can't write an article for a year. Otherwise I'll spill the beans that you're an unregistered at a magus and then you're going to get put in Azkaban. So
1: that sounds like a very harsh uh, punishment. Yeah.
0: Super intense, but Hey,
1: kind of like nonviolent drug crimes. Ooh. Um, anyway, <laughs> um Oh, sorry. Did
0: I get Ah, uh, It's fine. I live in Seattle. You live in California.
1: <laughs> I know, right? Anyway, Oh
0: <laughs> uh, man. So let's see. So, uh,
1: Crab Boyle and Malfoy. So, go well,
0: before that, nice. they uh, then they start uh, like realizing all the beetle stuff, and they're like, mm-hmm. "Oh, the beetle was in my hair." At the uh, like, Crumb pulled a beetle out of my right. hair. The second task, and Harry's like, "Oh yeah, I saw a beetle on the statue with the whole map thing." And then they realized the Malfoy hand talking thing was, which looked like a walkie talkie. hand talking, him to, him talking Rita. to Rita. So like, they put it all together. <gasps> It all comes together. Super solid. This book almost makes me want to reread it to, since there's mm-hmm. so many little things. And a big thing yeah. that I didn't realize until I was editing an episode of Potterless after I had finished the book was like when they go over the unforgivable curses at first, And Neville very timidly raises his hand and says, "Crucio." That shit is so deep because his parents went crazy because of it. Like that's so crazy. Oh,
1: holy cow! I didn't even realize that. That is a deep, so
0: intense. Damn. Think of what had to go through Neville's body when he had to raise Mm -hmm. his hand and give that answer. Mm -hmm. Oh, I feel so bad for Neville. I'm really excited to see. The theory that develops that he's the chosen one. I really want to see how that happens because so far I'm not seeing it, but I want to. But I want. I want to. <laughs> seeing is
1: believing. I want to believe.
0: So the walkie-talkie thing talks about the jar. Says he, she's going to release her in London, and then she's just not allowed to write articles for a year, and then everything will be fine. Mm-hmm. Malfoy, Crab, and Goyle come in and they start talking shit and praising You're Voldemort. Like, why are you so
1: obsessed with me, Goyle? Uh,
0: yeah, they go in and they're like, "We told you you should have picked your side. Lord Voldemort will rule the world. Like, serves you right for blah blah blah." And the squad, in addition to Fred and George, who are down the hallway, all do hexes at the same time. And it's like yeah. this weird combination where like someone used jelly legs and all this other stuff. And all they, they say that everyone looks rough. And the only detail that they give is that one of the three has a bunch of like tentacles, tentacles spreading out, of his, out of
1: face. his
0: face. And I was like, oh like, my. That's
1: messed
0: uh, up. I don't know. I don't think they did this in the movie, but like they should have. Cause that's amazing. They
1: definitely did not. Oh, that would have been that. so good.
0: So. They they leave them in that little room, and then the squad asks Fred George like, "Yo, who are you blackmailing?" And here's where we learn about Ludo Bagman's role in this oh, book. His incredibly insignificant role in. So here we uh, go. Here it is.
1: It's been a buildup.
0: <sighs> so they say that Ludo Bagman is the one that they were blackmailing because he paid them in leprechaun gold during their very suspicious bet at the World Cup. They tried to write to him nicely at first, be like, "Hey." just in case you didn't know, like you gave us leprechaun gold, it disappeared. We would like our money. And then he would refuse to give them the money. So then it got nasty and they were writing angry letters back and forth. So it turns out that he made a similar bet to Lee Jordan's dad and lost money and didn't pay them. Uh-oh. So basically, Little is is like fun. crazy in debt. He was like a gambling nut. So he's basically Michael Jordan and he owed the goblins a ton of money, which is why in uh, in uh, what's the place where you drink butterbeer? Hogsmeade, Hogsmeade. Yeah, well, no, it was it was outside the Three Broomsticks at Hogsmeade. That's why he was surrounded by the goblins and they were like talking to him angrily because he owed them a bunch of money. Well, to try to money, bitch. (laughs) Exactly, these tiny men are like intimidating him for money. Yo,
1: those goblins are scary. I don't know what you're talking about.
0: So creepy. I was at the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Those motherfuckers are scary. I was like, let's not hang out. Haven't even read all the books. I hey, and I've been twice. So that should have been like a that should
1: have been like an end of the podcast pilgrimage. Oh,
0: I want to do that. I want to go back after I finish it and be like, I know everything now, and just see. How
1: wait, I want to go. Wait, can I go? Can we get all the podcast
0: guests to go? Let's do it. Oh my god! Uh, well, when <laughs> I get so signed by NPR and uh, like, and uh, Sarah Koenig is my boss, and I'm and I'm go. a millionaire, I'll bring everyone. It's oh, happen. totally gonna happen! Come on, yo, uh, Iron Glass, hit a boy up. Uh, so,
1: act one.
0: Yeah, Act one. Harry Potter. Scene one. Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. <laughs> So what he was trying to do to get out of this debt was he put a giant bet on Harry Potter to win the Triwizard Tournament, and that explains why he wanted Harry to win so badly, not because he was trying to get Harry Potter killed, but because he was trying to get himself out of debt. Out
1: of debt. Ugh. And then we never, hear, never about hear about him. Never hear about him again. again. He's not in the
0: movie. No one gives a shit. Uh, that is why people You know,
1: he probably got killed by the goblin. Uh, the, yeah, they the just problems. said he like
0: ran away. They don't know where he is. And so he's like, you know, in exile. And not the happy like Tim Robbins from Shawshank exile, like a bad exile. No, no.
1: Goblin's gone.
0: Harry then gives Fred and George his winnings. He's like, I don't want this gold. Take it, but don't tell anyone how you got it. Invested it in your joke shop. Like you guys deserve to do that. Because they, they basically said that they were like all of their life savings was gone because they bet their entire life savings. Yeah, because they bet all that
1: money on the cruise Exactly. So. On. Ireland to win. Yeah. So
0: Harry's like, take this, start the joke shop. Uh, don't say how you got it. And then his last thing is like, oh, and also buy Ron some new robes. Some new dress robes. Say they're from you, because he.
1: Yeah, because they're ugly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that's that. The final thing that happens: like he gets picked up by Vernon at the train station, and Harry's like feeling optimistic. This might suck for a little bit, but at the end of the day, I'm gonna hang out with the Weasleys. Like halfway through the summer, there's a reason that I Dumbledore wants me to start here. I'm gonna be fine. Life is good. Totally ignoring the fact that Voldemort is back. He's like not worried at all. He's like everything's great. Uh, no, He's Satan like, but is best at back, least
1: it's dude. summer vacation.
0: <gasps> Harry, you fucking idiot. <laughs> This is gonna be the best summer ever. Oh, to be so good! Freeze frame, and that's the end of chapter 37, and that's the end of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Ooh-hoo! Sydney, how's everything? How are you feeling? How I'm I'd... feeling great. Okay, I do too. I'm
1: feeling great. I'm uh, I'm currently looking at the cover art of the Goblet of Fire. Oh,
0: what is the cover art? Because um, I my book, which I'm showing you here, which oh
1: uh, yeah, can you okay, see okay, so it? It's, so uh, it's uh we're skyping for those yeah. of you at home who are just tuning yeah. in for the end of the podcast. <laughs> you sick fucks. Um, the, it's, Harry it's Harry Potter holding uh, the golden egg okay, yeah. and brandishing his wand. Uh-huh. Fleur Delacour uh, fleur- de oh, looking fleur, okay. um like a sassy French lady. Mm-hmm. Victor Crumb looking very crumb. Ah, Cedric Diggory. That doesn't look very yeah. crummy. Yeah. Cedric Diggory just looking like confused to be there. Yeah, he look and then hot. there's a tiny black dog oh, underneath serious, Cedric. That's serious black, but he's just kind of like, hey, hey, I'm I'm too, cool. hey,
0: I'm here too. That's cool.
1: And here too. Yeah. Cool. Oh, cool i really like all the art for i do books. too I think they but do i
0: like that like the art isn't officially canon because uh it puts the lightning bolt in the middle of his forehead and jk rowling has like gone on record to say that it's supposed to be above his right eye which is why the, yeah. the potterless logo is the way it is i researched it before i made the logo i was like where does the bolt oh. go yeah. Yeah. So, oh, wow,
1: you did extensive
0: research. Oh, so much. For a man <laughs> like, for a
1: man who does not care about Harry Potter.
0: <laughs> I wanted the logo to be correct, all right? I didn't want people to be like, uh, well, actually, because everyone and their mom Yeah, that's actually a good point everyone because and everyone their mom is... yelled at me when I messed up the Percy Weatherby thing, which is fine. And then everyone <laughs> yelled at me here. when I said when I said Bill had a lame job at a banker. And everyone's like, uh, actually he's a curse breaker. Uh I liked that people correct me, but it was just funny that like a wave of people. You're learning so
1: well, like, you're learning more about the universe than I think is ever like Fully stated. Sure. Yeah. It's like, these
0: use- are like these are de-
1: these are details that are like made in passing, and it's like the fact that people can retain all of those mm-hmm. is very impressive to me. Yeah. And it shows because I don't think I care about anything that much, <laughs> and like. <laughs> It's it's just cool because there are so many, like, J.K. Rowling worked so hard and these books are so impressive because she, like, I know we kind of talked about this on one of the first mm-hmm. episodes I did with you, but, like, she made all of this up, all the names, yeah. all the spells, all Crazy. the everything, like, and so I think it's cool that enough people have, like, I mean, clearly hundreds of millions. Is that an overstatement? No, not people at all. Gotten, no. like, Definitely not into it enough to like take care of these details. I think that's cool. Yeah. It's a uniting thing. It is good.
0: I like it. And it's always fun. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. So speaking of fun, this was fun. Thank you so much for being on yeah. for these episodes, Cindy. I had a blast and a half. I'm glad that it's the exact opposite of our last episodes where nothing happened. <laughs> yeah,
1: because
0: we- <laughs> last the most but eventful because, like, thing was like finding the- <laughs> a diary last time. <laughs> so I
1: feel like the other ones are way funnier because there was like less to talk about. Yeah, so we were just, just it was tangenting for, like, all the time,
0: and it was just a spitballing improv <laughs> jokes back and forth. And now we had to like actually talk about stuff. Oh, like, Oh shoot,
1: we have to hit the
0: major plot points. Oh, we have to think about the thematic elements. <laughs> uh but I like that. Our episodes are a yin and a yang. Nothing happening, and then fucking <laughs> everything happening.
1: A yin and a
0: yang. Oh man! But yeah, Alrighty. everyone, thank you so much for listening. If you want to find Sydney on social media, it's Sydney Rachel on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. And, uh, I don't
1: have Snapchat, here. Yeah.
0: Oh, boo! Didn't you? Didn't you use to for little? Have, or? have you? Have you been sending me no, stuff? No, I, I no. I Please. usually just throw stuff on my story. I'm, I'm just lazy. Oh, I just deleted.
1: I deleted mine. I was like, I don't need yeah, this. Yeah, that's
0: fine. It's valid super valid because uh, now there's Instagram stories and Facebook messenger stories. If
1: never if you guys ever them. make a
0: Facebook story, stop. Just stop. No one wants to see it. It's so annoying. There's always like that when, like one because
1: it pops up. It pops up when you go to your like messages. Mm-hmm. Like, and there's oh, always like, like on one your phone.
0: person. It's like one. There's always like
1: it's that one person that you barely talk yeah. to in high school that you're friends with on Facebook. Just yeah. kind Shout of, out to okay. Mira Chen
0: who makes a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. She, There's no way she listens to this at all. There's no way. Oh, okay. <laughs> Great.
1: Well, your Facebook friends say you post about it uh, there, so she uh, me. Maybe, and this and,
0: might uh, be the time we, uh, we had great times in college talking the like four career times we said hi to each other it's chill we're in the same dorm we're basically best friends um, it's chill we're best I, friends <laughs> <laughs> this is a joke uh, yeah we do this uh, but anyway thank you so much this was a, a blast and a half and everyone listening thank you thank you until next time as they say in the wizarding world of harry potter
1: no they don't wizard, wizard, wizard off they say it they say wizard off wizard off <laughs> <Wizard laughs>
0: oh, All okay. right. Never. bye <laughs> was created by Mike Schubert. It is hosted by Mike Schubert. It is edited by Mike Schubert. It is produced by Mike Schubert, as well as Leanne Davis, Griffin, Melko Berg, Andres Oselby, Aaron Johnson, Erica and Calvin Bauer, Michael Vanderslay, Sadie Bear, Emily Wiffen, and Chandra Cruz, web designed by Kelly Beckman, and the music is by Bettina Kampamanis. Thank you guys so much for listening. You can find us and subscribe to us on any of your preferred podcasting apps. You can find us at Twitter is at PotterlessPod facebook.com slash Potterless, instagram.com slash PotterlessPod, and of course, our website, PotterlessPodcast.com. Thank you guys so much, and until next time, wizard on!